Like a dog? No. <laughs> Do you see my sweatshirt? W-A-G-M-I. Wag me. Wag me. It means we're all going to make it. It's Aww. a common phrase in crypto land. Isn't that cute? Wag That's me. really cute. They have all these cool things in like NFT slash DeFi slash crypto. They have all these cute little phrases that I personally am really into. So our buddy Scott sent me a wag me hoodie. This was actually my my wedding gift, which is honestly probably the best wedding gift I've gotten so far. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Scott. But also they say cute things like that, which I feel like this resonates with me deeply because we are all going to make it wag me. I like that. But it's like, are people scared in crypto? They're not going to make it. Like, why? <laughs> I think there's this I think there's this like there. I mean, there is right. There's this negative tied large group of people in traditional finance and and just generally outside of the space that are like these people are full of it nothing's going to come of this this is a hoax Mm. that's fair well i'm hopeful that beck is going to help break down some of those barriers for us today 100 percent. and i think it's one of the most overlooked aspects in crypto like we talk about the cryptocurrencies Mm -hmm. we talk about DAOs, DeFi, NFTs, but we don't talk about what connects all of them, Yes, which is the wallet, which is the most important part, right? Like it's where everything sits. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I have questions on, is it secure? What are the options? Like, I don't even know anything about that. So I'm hoping we can dig in with Beck and get a little bit more information. Her website is beautiful, by the way. I've already learned a lot which is fun. Before we talk to someone, I'm like, wow, I already feel educated. So that's a good step. I feel like this is going to be good. She definitely knows what she's doing. It's a fun conversation. I'm, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, the weekly podcast that deconstructs the intimidating world of finance. Hosted by Syra Rahman, VP of Finance at HM Bradley, and her partner in crime, Megan McShane, a manager at a Fortune 100 company, and supported by StockTwits. Girls Just Want to Have Funds will take on the important questions in personal finance that so many of us avoid, but also take on a glass of wine or two. Learn more, subscribe to the show, and join Syra and Megan on their no shame adventure to financial freedom at girlsjustwanna.com. Hey team, we are here today with the incredible Beck Jones of Clutch Wallet. Beck, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. We're super excited to have you. And I know we're supposed to pretend like we didn't talk before this, but you're in my hometown, Chicago today, which I love. I am in Chi-Town. It's freezing. Yeah. yeah, not shocking. Anyway, it's so nice to meet you. We're super excited to talk about all things NFTs in wallets, but we want to kick off as we do every interview asking a little bit about your heroine's journey thus far and kind of just giving us some, you know, the nitty gritty background of how you got to where you're at today. Cool. Uh, Yes. So my background has been in banking and finance. I kind of started out of university in Australia's biggest business bank, which was called NAB. I've always had a focus on females kind of representation in finance When I was at university, I did a thesis on why there were so few women in senior executive banking positions in the Australian banking industry. So it's always been a really kind of strong focus for me to understand the intersection of kind of women and money and banking. And so it wasn't kind of surprising that when the kind of cryptocurrency world opened up, I started thinking about females participation in that kind of new world of money, which has really led me to building a a wallet that's kind of 
built with a mission of onboarding more women into crypto. So that's kind of the the background of getting to crypto and focusing on women. I did spend around three or four years in kind of crypto projects themselves and working as a CMO in both of those companies that I worked with that were building in the crypto space. So it's been an interesting journey so far, but I'm loving kind of being out of the banking industry and working on my own thing and kind of in the entrepreneur startup world definitely keeps things interesting. I I knew that we were soul sisters when we talked initially back, but so my final paper in university was actually a paper surrounding why I didn't understand well, essentially trying to figure out why there weren't as many women in Fortune 500 boardrooms, but specifically in Fortune 500 finance companies, why there weren't more women. So we definitely have lots of overlap there. And definitely part of my thesis is regarding both financial literacy and like the ability to onboard more women into different platforms, just like crypto. So love that. That resonates so deeply with me and has definitely been the premise of my career and things that I've done my whole life. So Looking back at all of the things you've done, what was your tipping point in wanting to create Clutch Wallet? I think it was getting to, it was working in the industry for the last three years of crypto. And it takes a while to kind of just understand what you're working in. And the industry itself is not a simple industry by any means. So it wasn't until I kind of felt a bit more comfortable myself within kind of what was going on that I then started applying the lens of, okay, where are the females at? Like there, there are definitely the development group is starting to build and there are more females that are starting to participate within the industry, but like why are there nowhere near as many retail investors? And the reason I had access to this was because the two projects I worked for, they had communities of retail investors and part of the marketing lens of crypto is that you, you know, you're marketing the product or the project that you're working for. And you're also speaking to your retail investors every day through Telegram or Discord. And they're asking you questions about the project and where it's at. And they're asking you anything about what's going on. And so you have this pulse check on community and, you know, who people are and what their backgrounds are. And it just became very apparent that there were so few women that were kind of exposed to this world. And for me, that was that kind of, you know, it was that question of like, how are we at 2021 and we have the same problems again where females are not participating in this future world and kind of innovating technology. So yeah, that was kind of the tipping point, I guess. It was kind of looking at the current market and and questioning, you know, females' participation. You know, I feel like you already answered this, but I'm going to ask you more explicitly. And so I've been looking on your website, of course, before this, because I, I wanted to get educated myself. And you have some of the best articles, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Some people at work were like, NFT, should we like get into that? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't think this just like, should we get into it? But here's what it is. And I actually sent them your article that you wrote. So you're very well educated on this. So I appreciate that. Because sometimes I know from a marketing perspective, you know, you can shine and dial up things all day long. But if you don't explain it, people don't necessarily know. So anyway, that is a long way for me to ask you about Clutch. What's your mission and what do you hope to achieve? Sure. So Clutch is a crypto wallet and a crypto wallet is somewhere that you're storing your currencies and your investments. Where crypto is kind of becoming a little bit interesting and the introduction of NFTs has kind of started to change that is that especially with art NFTs, you're starting to see wallets storing art pieces and actually like digital assets. So a crypto wallet has moved from just hosting your currencies and your investments to now starting to host 
digital assets. And where we're taking a different lens at Clutch is we want to create a social experience. So the way that we're explaining our product is it's a social DeFi wallet. And I'll explain DeFi in a little bit. But we are wanting to think about the education process. And for us, this is something that came out of the research that we did into females that are looking to get into crypto. They were really focused on education and kind of following a process that was laid out for them and something that really felt like they were being spoken to with regards to their previous experience with money and investing. And so when we thought about our wallet, we really want to include an education component to it. And we've looked to the likes of, you know, like a LinkedIn Learn or a Masterclass where there's video content that's delivered in a way that's really easy to understand and kind of takes you on a learning journey. So that's part of our wallet experience that we're building. And we're also building a a kind of social space, a messaging space. I mentioned before Telegram and Discord, and they're two really prominent spaces in the crypto industry where they're very male dominated. You jump into them and any projects that are launching, they will often create like a group and all the investors in that project will join that group. And that's where you can get daily and weekly updates on how the project's going. Not just that, but it's a space where people speak about their investments with their families and their friends. At the moment, because we feel that those spaces are very kind of masculine dominated and a lot of people, a lot of women that we've spoken to have actually taken on pseudo characters and pretended to be males in those spaces to feel kind of welcomed and comfortable. We wanted to create that space in our wallet for women to speak to one another, to speak in bigger groups, to speak in project focused groups about their investments and money in crypto and basically kind of build a community that way. So they're the three pillars that we're taking to this product. It's education. It's a better UI experience, so something that looks better that's not so overwhelming in terms of information and data as you're landing on it when you're actually making your investments and hosting your currencies, and then also the social space. So much of that resonated so deeply with me. I have a confession to make. I am a man in every single Discord channel that I belong to that is in crypto. Wow. That's it. This is it. This is, this is what I'm talking about. I'm worried that if I out myself as a woman, and in some cases as a woman of color, that it would not go over well. So I just pretend to not, for the most part, I just pretend I'm gender agnostic. But if somebody were to blatantly ask me, I would just say I was not a woman. (laughs) So, Have you noticed as well, like if you search for gifts in any of these kind of spaces, the like, hyper-sexualized, like really pornographic, like goofy humor that comes up that is just like linked to every one of these spaces. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it is so insanely derogatory. Yeah. There have been a couple discords that I've had to leave because I, it's hard for me to resist the temptation of wanting to out myself. So occasionally I just leave the discord channel. So Beck, I want to talk about the importance of wallets here for a second. And I don't know how many people have actually transacted that's listening. But recently, most recently, I took a deep dive into DeFi. And this is what I did with a MetaMask wallet that I created, which MetaMask is the original Ethereum wallet. I think it's a fairly common common opinion that it's not the easiest UX UI. So here's what I did. I bought some Ethereum on a separate platform. I had to wait like an extremely long, I think it was like 10 days in order for me to be able to transfer that cryptocurrency into my MetaMask wallet, which there's like a little bit of a a wait period between that as well. So you don't instantaneously see it in the wallet. By the time I saw it in the wallet, I went to purchase something on a website 
which then required additional Ethereum in like gas fees and then using a separate website to purchase the coin that I wanted to purchase in order to enter into the website. So I'm at like five steps, I think, right now. And then I had to, once I figured out how to swap that coin, I then had to figure out how to, I believe I was staking on that website. I then had to pay additional Ethereum in order to stake on that website. And then if I wanted to unstake, I would then have to pay additional fees and then I would have to convert it back into whatever coin I wanted. I think we're at like 10 steps now. And then I would have to transfer it back out to wherever I'm storing it that's not MetaMask, which to me at 12 steps, I'm like, I honestly was so confused. I watched three different YouTube videos, which is fine, right? It's okay to need to educate myself. But in terms of ease of usability, and like being able to understand what the heck I need to do. I also think I lost about $200 in gas fees doing things incorrectly. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hear you. Props to you. That's You've gone really deep there if you've gone through all those steps and you're staking and you're unstaking. <laughs> I guess the point of what I was trying to say, what I'm hoping you can help us explain is what are wallets for outside of like everything that I just said and pretend that like I'm five years old. How does the crypto work with the wallet? So the crypto wallet is basically like your bank account, right? It stores your crypto investments. There are a range of different types of crypto wallets and I'll take you through them quickly. You can categorize them as hot and cold wallets. So your hot wallets are connected to the internet and your cold wallets are like storage devices, kind of like a USB or a hard drive. People use hot wallets because they're using their wallet to transact, they're making investments, they're an active investor. People use cold wallets to basically hold on to their cryptocurrencies and they don't want it linked to the internet because they might be fearful of hacks or password issues or someone basically accessing their funds through the internet. Your hot wallets, so your hot crypto wallets that are online, You've got the kind of centralized ones, which is ones where they are linked to like a company like Coinbase, and that company will support you in the management of your keys. So those wallets are actually called custodial wallets. And if you lose your keys or your passwords, then the entity, the company is able to provide you with support in basically recovering them. And the reality is that company actually is hosting and holding your funds for you and you access them with a password. A decentralized wallet, a non-custodial wallet is like a MetaMask, which is what you just mentioned. And this is kind of moving into this future state of Web3 in the world where you have full autonomy and control over your funds. And so a DeFi wallet, you look after your passwords. There is no one that's coming to help you and save you if you do lose them. And so that is definitely, you know, one of the issues that does come up and it's a negative with regards to a disadvantage with regards to the decentralized wallet space. There are solutions that are kind of being built and that DeFi wallets are starting to work with where you can choose to add like a secondary layer of security and support in case you were to kind of lose them. But the idea there is that you you have full control over over your funds. So the crypto wallet space at the moment is very much a space where you're holding your investments. You can also make your investment purchases from these wallets. So Coinbase, for example, and MetaMask, you can actually invest in cryptocurrencies from those spaces. You don't have to go onto an exchange or they kind of act as a wallet at an exchange. 
But there are some wallets that are simply just a wallet. Like blockchain is a wallet where you don't, you can't purchase any crypto. You literally just hold your cryptocurrency investments there. In terms of where I think they're going, I think the wallet space is going to be an incredibly big one, which is why I'm so excited to be working in it. I think the future of the wallet space is going to be like your identity. So a lot of the Web3 kind of protocols and products that are being built will ask you to connect your wallet to those different products or spaces or the metaverse, for example. And so all of a sudden, your wallet is now acting as your kind of identifier. Hopefully, that gives you a bit of a summary of kind of the wallet space, the different ones that are in there, and and maybe a little bit on what the future of it could look like. I'm envisioning it kind of what you were describing just now. So we call it wallets, but it's really almost like a public locked bank account eventually is what people will see. And it like if I am collecting NFTs, for example, you can see my NFTs. You can also see what currencies I, I mess around with. That is so fascinating to me. It's like a live museum of your crypto life. Totally. And where where at the moment that experience is very like regimented in that it's it's like a hosting space, right, for your investments and your currencies. And it's very transactional. Where we're trying to think about this differently and with a lens for women is like around the psychology of your investment and, you know, why it is that you're investing your money and what the drivers are for that investment. I'll give you just a very small example of a feature that we're thinking about building or that we've started on. When women invest, they often invest with like a an event in mind. So whether it's purchasing a car or saving money for their children's future education or a home deposit. And at the moment in the wallet experience, there is nothing that ties in that like narrative around money and investing into the experience. So for us, we'd love to have like a graph or a ticker which shows what that goal is, that investment goal is, and based on your crypto investments and their value, how much you've actually worked towards that goal. So that's just a small little thing, but this is how we think like the wallet space can really start changing with regards to user experience and kind of psychology around money and investing. All right. Focus group of one. I think that's an amazing idea. You know, I've been on this journey with Sai for the past year and a half to get just my financial literacy underway. I was very much a woman that didn't talk about money. It was taboo. It was gauche. You didn't do it. And now I think I talk about it more than people like which is probably a good thing or a bad thing. It's we'll a see. great thing. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. But I, I love that. I never thought about crypto that way or NFTs or anything in that space around planning and goals. I think that's an amazing idea. So yeah, whatever it's worth. Absolutely. And to your point as well around like the conversation, that's the other reason that we're thinking about the kind of chat and social space, because for women, it is such a difficult I don't know if it's different difficult. It's just not something that we speak about quite often. And this was another reflection I had in kind of building out this this idea was that whenever I was going to like barbecue events or just social events, all I do is speak about crypto. It's disgusting and lovely all in one sentence, but I would gravitate towards males because they would speak to me about crypto and, and my investments and upcoming projects. And we would talk about money and the future of, you know, where this was all going. And I felt like it wasn't a conversation or if I tried to have that conversation with, you know, with females, maybe it was something that was met with like, I, I don't understand it or I don't know, or there was resistance or it just wasn't, money wasn't an investment, wasn't a topic that was discussed openly in social spaces with women. So that's something that, you know, we'd love our wallet to start changing and helping women to have those conversations and what they actually sound like. I did a TikTok the other day and it was about like, it was simple, but it was like, 
how to start having conversations about money and investing. Like what kind of questions can you ask someone? Just some simple things like that. Shifting the the narrative a little bit, because I, I'm getting more into this NFT world, like education, you know, 12th gate, you know, tiny baby education right now. What is kind of interesting and fascinating to me about it is it's starting to kind of bridge the gap, especially for creators that aren't traditional 3D artists. My partner is a classically trained 3D artist. You know, he kind of just put stuff out into the ethos and it just sat there and people would enjoy it and do nothing with it, right? And that was fine. And then you have people come into the space like Beeple, which I know we all have our opinions, but, you know, selling something to Christie's for $69 million, like, holy shit, we can actually start monetizing this. I'd love to learn a little bit more about, you know, if you dabble in NFTs, kind of what they are and in the future there. I know that's a lot to unpack, but I'd love your perspective on it in, in general. Sure. I think the NFT space to your point, has provided an ecosystem where people that are, especially for the artists of the world, can actually start retrieving some value from the kind of creative work that they have put together and that so many people kind of just experience online but they don't necessarily see like a payment from. There are so many kind of use cases when it comes to NFTs with regards to kind of music, video footage, you know, real estate. There's tangible NFTs that are now a kind of a space that are building as well, how you can kind of NFT physical products as well that have value. So I think it's a it's an industry that we're going to see so much kind of growth in. At the moment, it has been very focused on the kind of art space. The fashion space is actually a really interesting part of what's building out as well. So fashion NFTs. And I think that Mark Zuckerberg's recent keynote where he spoke about the metaverse, the I don't know if you guys saw it, the like hour and ten minute long keynote on what the future metaverse is going to look like. Did you guys catch it? I did. You did? Okay. So when I watched that, I was like, okay, I now see like, as I'm walking through this like future digital world and there's like artwork hanging up and there's like the opportunity to put on different clothes, I can see where fashion NFTs and art NFTs can fit in this future world. And so At the moment, though, when I looked like the NFT space, it does seem very overvalued and there is a lot of hype around the NFT collections and the launches of those. I kind of got into crypto in the ICO boom where there were a lot of businesses that started like tokenizing and trying to build a token and basically create some value out of this token. And I watched as many of them would launch a token, but there wasn't actually like a really strong use case underlying that token. And I see that a little bit at the moment with like these big NFT collections and drops. Like people people are releasing their art, there is a purchase that's been made and then there are the NFT flippers that are like trying to resell it. And all of a sudden the value of this art goes up a lot and people are kind of questioning, okay, what, what more is there to this? You look at something like a Bored Apes and that group have created like a whole brand around their business. And they've created user experience, they've got events, they've got merch, they've got so much more than just the art. And so when you're looking at, I still think the value is very high, but when you're looking at the value of those art pieces, there is a lot more than meets the eye beyond kind of just the art itself. And so, yeah, I do think the art space is a little bit overpriced and that will probably pop down a little bit, but we're going to start seeing growth into a whole lot of other, you know, industries within NFTs and especially the kind of the music space is another hugely untapped area for NFTs as well. Yeah. 
the only disdain I have about the metaverse thing is because I use meta a lot and just common speak. And so I'm like, oh, God, now I can't say it. You know, I'm like I the meta you. point. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You're like, oh, I'm plugging. I'm plugging. I'm like, now I have to, yeah, here we go. Now I have to go back to net net, which just kind of pisses me off. But no, I hear you. I love some of the stuff going on in the metaverse. I've been closely tracking LVMH. So Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, they are creating like, well, I believe it's launched already, but I haven't messed around with it. It's a metaverse game, but it's super exclusive and like full of fashion. And, you know, I know they recently sold, was it a Bottega Venetia bag or some other designer bag? And it was worth more in the metaverse than it was in the real world. Like if you bought the exact same bag. So I've been tracking that stuff very closely. I mean, at some point, my inner gaming nerd will come out into the public. I just haven't (laughs) fully disclosed it yet. So I have so many confessions that come out during crypto time because I'm very bad at crypto, which is one of the reasons I wanted to drive this home. I've lost seed phrases and wallets that are potentially. mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that really frustrates me about crypto is that if you lose, well, at least in my case, I'm assuming it was Yeah, I'm still kind of trying to sort between all the the hot and the cold and what you were talking about with custodial. There's still a little bit of learning I think I need to do on that piece of it back. But I lost the seed phrase to the wallet that I used at Bitcoin 2021 to buy a bunch of NFTs before NFTs were really a thing. And I'm still kind of butthurt about it because I did buy some potentially valuable NFTs. So what you're saying is there's no way for me to resurrect those. Like they're dead. The wallet's gone. It depends who it's with. Yeah, it really depends who the wallet provider was. So if it was a decentralized wallet, yes, it is very likely that you will not be able to recover that, unfortunately. But if it's one of the centralized ones, then they only can help you with your seed phrase. I wish that I could go back in time and remind myself that seed phrases are important. So to anyone listening, seed phrases are important. Really important. Yeah. So what's something that like, keeps you up at night about crypto. Tell me something that you stress out about and potentially what a resolution would be for that thing that hasn't occurred yet. Yeah, that's a good question. I think like the, I use this analogy that's like, if you think about a car and this is me disclosing how terrible I am with this technology side of the world. If you think about a car and the engine, I have like zero idea how cars and engines work. I just get in my car and I turn it on and I drive. And when something beeps at me, I take it somewhere and someone looks after it. I look at the crypto industry and there is so much technical information that's out there. And there is so much that you can get across to participate and understand it. But then I also think that we are still in this stage of like, does everyone really need to know this level and depth of information to participate in the industry? And is it kind of similar to like the car analogy where do I need to understand the inner workings of the engine to actually know how to drive the car? So what keeps me up at night is kind of seeing, it's this one consideration around like the level of information education that acts as a blocker to so many people. And then the other part to that is like the actual advancement and pace at which things are growing and developing and how far behind groups that haven't even heard about crypto are. And I've been doing this pulse check, which is like whenever I get in an Uber or or a taxi, I ask, you know, the driver, have you heard about crypto? Or if I'm in like a 
an event space and I'm around someone, I'm just like, ask someone randomly next to me, like, have you heard about crypto? Because I'm just trying to get a gauge for like, how many people are hearing about this and how like well known is it? And I think in my little bubble, like, oh, everyone must know about this because I see it on the news. Like it's on social media. Like everyone must know about crypto by now. And they really don't. And so there is a group of people that have absolutely no idea what this future of finance is. And then there are people that are like building, you know, three light years ahead. And so something that keeps me up at night is like, how do we bring everyone through to that stage? And how do we do it in a way that they understand it and that it resonates and they can adopt it? If it's helpful, our little segment of listeners, this whole series is based on what is crypto and how to understand it. And so if it helps you sleep at least tonight, maybe an extra 10 minutes back, you are educating someone, including myself, who has been brought along into the crypto world, maybe kicking and screaming a little bit, but is trying to actively, you know, understand and educate themselves so I can just get in that car and push a button Drive. and it'll go. Yeah. I love that I, analogy. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's like there's so much to go as well. Like I myself am in it and I still have like this imposter syndrome every day of like, I don't understand like the future of this certain area. So I don't really understand what I'm doing myself. Like it's very easy to feel like you don't know. And I think that there is so much to it that no one will ever know either. And I feel like there is just a substantial portion of the population that I wouldn't consider to be, you know, crypto heavy. I think they're more like myself and Megan, where I would define us as crypto curious, right? We're interested in, we want to educate ourselves more. It's tough. One of the things that I hate about crypto is that everyone's like, you don't know how to do it too bad. There aren't a ton of educational platforms. There aren't a ton of people that want to talk about it and like guide you through the process, explain what a crypto wallet is, explain exactly how cryptocurrency works. There aren't that many places that want to break it down into the foundation of exactly how to experience all of it because there's this expectation that you will do it all yourself, which I also think is kind of silly because ultimately, if you're trying to expand a product and make it the baseline for everyone to utilize, you have to educate everyone on it. It's just so strange to me that there's this like attitude about it where you have to figure it out on your own. It's it's not that hard is what I keep hearing from people. And it's like, uh, actually, it kind of is. It is. It is. It, re- it really is that hard. It's so hard that there's a gazillion different courses and resources and there still isn't, I don't think, a great onboarding educational experience for this. So yes, I absolutely hear you. And I would, I really hope that our product can really address some of those, those issues and be a space where women at least can come and go through an onboarding experience that not just takes them into like, what is crypto, but like, let's think about like money and where technology and the state of it is at right now and where we've been and what we're building for. And then how does crypto fit into that? I think that's another like tricky part is when people start learning about crypto, like they're diving into some nuanced, like small area of like, what is blockchain? And it's like, well, take a step back and like, let's look at the world and where things are at right now and where we've come from and kind of where we're going to help you like position this in terms of like your life and how it's going to make sense. I think it's really easy to dive into like the technicals and the details, but that doesn't actually help people in their kind of like learning onboarding experience of like, where does this fit in my life? I'm just going to take a deep breath for that one because my God, I can't even, yeah, I can't say it out loud because I could get fired. But anyway, (laughs) so 
throughout this series, we obviously are unpacking crypto to try to get to the, you know, the root of it. And we have kind of like a rapid fire four questions for you to answer and kind of sum up what we're talking about here. So we are curious within your world, what advice would you give people if they wanted to buy crypto? If you want to buy crypto, I would start by before you purchase anything, I would use CoinMarketCap and I would research what it is that you're buying. CoinMarketCap is going to give you like a little a profile, a social profile on your investment. It's going to give you media that is surrounding that investment. It's going to give you pricing information, information about like the team or the token or the project. And it just gives you a really nice snapshot of what it is that you're investing in. So my first point to that answer would be to research what you're investing in using that tool. Follow up from that. If they wanted to create an NFT. If you wanted to create an NFT, I would say know that there's a step-by-step process. You need to have a something that you want to tokenize. So let's call it art. And you can follow a process where you use a marketplace like an OpenSea or a Rarible. Know that there's a cost that is associated with listing your NFT for sale. And that is the Ethereum. If it's on the Ethereum blockchain that you're going to list it, that is probably an Ethereum gas fee. But it is a step-by-step process that isn't overly difficult. Huh. So it's not difficult. This is good to know for future use. <laughs> I don't think it's too difficult. <laughs> I don't. That's so good to know. We have some research to do, Meg. So next question. So what advice would you give a friend that wants to start their own cryptocurrency? Don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's ma- it's massive. That is a massive question. There is so much that goes into that. This is something that we're considering as part of our wallet. We would love to have a token that is linked to our products that can be used to reduce fees in a wallet and that represents a couple of other things like a learn and earn component of our education model. But you have to consider things like your token economics, which is how much of the token is going to be made, what are the levers that you're going to be able to pull to kind of create scarcity, how it's going to have value, And you need to think about where it's going to be listed, like on what exchanges, how people are going to have access to it. If it's a token, what blockchain you're going to be using. If it's a currency, you're building your own blockchain. There are a lot of different components that go into building a currency. And yes, that's what I'll leave it on that one there. (laughs) So last question then, what advice would you give a friend that wants to sell all of their cryptocurrency? It's very possible. I made a TikTok recently about crypto and it did quite well. And there were a lot of people in the comments saying like, yeah, this is all well and good, but you can't, you can't actually exchange this for money. And I exchange cryptocurrency for fiat or local currency every day because I often get paid in crypto and I need to pay for bills in my local currency. You just need to find an exchange or a wallet that allows for you to off ramp your money into your bank account. And so There are a couple of ones in the States, Coinbase and Kraken are really good. You link your bank account, you go through the KYC process in terms of identifying yourself with the exchange and that off-ramp experience to your fiat currency is very simple and straightforward. Gotcha. I love hearing all that. I've been tinkering with all those platforms, so it makes me feel a little bit better. I have so many more questions, but Beck, I want to be mindful of your time. (laughs) I'm still noodling on all the things. No, so... 
Thank you so much for your time today. Again, a new wealth of knowledge. I feel like I'm learning so much about wallets, which honestly is such a critical component to being able to do things in crypto land. So for all of our listeners out there, where can they find you? Where can they find Clutch? Clutch at www.clutchwallet.xyz. They can find me. My Probably my most used platform is TikTok. So it's CryptoBeck underscore. And Beck is with a B-E-C, not a B-E-C-K. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to follow you on TikTok shortly after this. And, you know, it's Friday. I'll, I'll scroll through. educational content on TikTok and hopefully a little bit of humor sometimes. Love that. Awesome. Thank you, Beck. Amazing. Thank you so much, Beck. Have a Thanks great rest of your you weekend. Both. Thank you, guys. First of all, to everyone listening, I'm sorry that you now know that I'm terrible at crypto. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you said some stuff because sometimes you, you know, you're like a VP of finance. So everyone kind of assumes like you're ironclad in all things. And I think it's nice to be a little human. So I appreciate you saying that stuff. But I also think it's a fallacy for anyone that claims that they were just naturally an expert. Now that I've on-ramped in multiple different ways, trying different things. And by the way, there was a point in my life where I wasn't good at finance. This is the point in my life where I'm openly admitting I currently suck at crypto. I don't think I'm alone on that. I've learned over time. There's literally a website called WTF Fees, where it talks about how much you've spent in your wallet on just fees, which most of the time for people that are just learning like me that have only been, you know, messing around in especially the DeFi world for a short period of time, it shows you how much money you spend pushing a button and then doing something you didn't need to yeah, do. You lost me when you were like, and then I did this and then I clicked. The I was like, okay, I like, I'm going to take another sip of my coffee. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that is so much of crypto right now, which is why I think it's so difficult for people to just get involved. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about it and say, okay, here is a wallet. This is the importance of a wallet. Things I didn't know, hot versus cold wallets, like Wow, those are a thing. I understand they call it cold storage, which I envisioned a little bit like, you know, when your fruit goes into cold storage because fruit doesn't, you know, grow year round. But I don't know. I'm still figuring stuff out. I clearly have lost my seed phrase. That's on like three wallets. If anyone knows how to figure that out, I will pay you. There are NFTs to be had that are worth a lot of money. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm still digesting. I feel like I need to re-listen to some of the stuff that she said. I think there's so much in the wallet space that I need to understand better because it is the most important part of your crypto, even if it's not even if it's not talked about a lot, yeah. right? I think it makes sense. Like we all had wallets, you know? If you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whoever and they put their wallet in their back pocket, you're like, you should put it in the front. You could get pickpocketed a little bit, you know? Like, where should I put my crypto wallet to make sure it's secure? Hot, cold? Oh, my God. That's so legit. I didn't even think about that. That is literally what happens when people come in. So one of the ways that you can get rugged, Meg, is you can literally have someone pretend like they're another website and then come in and steal everything out of your wallet. They literally can pickpocket from you. That is a thing. Yeah, that's scary. We got to break that down more. I'm like frightened as heck. But we should keep talking to Beck. I really like her. I really like Clutch. I like what she's doing. She's smart. She has an accent. That always gets me too. And, you know, what a good find. Okay. Did you find her on Twitter? Let's be real. Or how did you guys meet? 
Mm-mm. There is a crypto Slack channel oh. that one of the other ladies will be interviewing that she started. And, you know, shout out to her. Like, super cool to have. And also a magazine that she's rolling out. I mean, so many we cool things. That. But yeah, but I met her through a, a Slack channel that is specific to women in crypto. Love I love it. I love the social aspect. I love the community of it. I'm in. Let's do it. More community. More peeps. Mm. Should we wrap it up? Last episode, I, f- I forgot to say I love you and you got <laughs> very upset. So I just want, I want you to know I love you. <laughs> I love you too. You left me hanging. Awkward. <laughs> All right. I love you. Thanks for joining us. Head on over to girlsjustwanna.com where you can subscribe to the show, follow Megan and I on social, or even text us your important financial questions. And remember, there's no shame in asking anything. We'll see you next time on Girls Just Wanna Have Funds. Girls just wanna have fun.